Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. In this episode, I get to speak with Ashana, aka Sound of Ashana. Ashana weaves together soaring angelic vocals and the celestial sound of crystal singing bowls. She's one of the premier healing music artists of our time. In fact, her original sound pioneered an entirely new genre of healing music with crystal singing bowls. If you haven't been to one of her live concerts where she brings out all these gorgeous bowls, I mean, not just gorgeous visually, but gorgeous in the, the richness of the sound, I can't give you that experience here, unfortunately, but um, I have, and let me tell you, it is quite something to behold. I've also had the pleasure of singing with her while she did Crystal Bowls, and the power of that experience really has never left me. Um, it really got me thinking about the the power of these bowls to amplify um, energy uh, in, in a way that I hadn't ever really experienced before. So we talk about a lot of things in this episode, and one of my favorite topics that we covered was just the the principle of aging and how you know how we how she sees aging. Um, I thought that that was um, really beautiful to get to hear her experience of it and her philosophy on it. So I hope that this one's really inspiring for y'all, and let's just get into it. Here we go. Well, hello. <laughs> totally took me off guard. <laughs> Forgot I was here. <laughs> I was like, I was just kidding, clicking on the screen that just like we're recording. I'm like, got it. Okay. Like, oh, oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. She's very helpful. She lets you know when the Zoom lady lets us know when, when it's being recorded now. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, it does. You can try that again. <laughs> All right, we will. Okay, although I thought that that was a very funny intro, actually. <laughs> Even if you want, I kind of liked it. Okay, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it go. Um, so, welcome again. This is our second time chatting on the podcast. Not our second time chatting ever, but our second time chatting on the podcast. So it's lovely to have you back. I'm so glad oh. we got to do this. Thank you, Porter. I'm so glad that you invited me and um, <laughs> welcoming me back into your space. Yeah, you have what I would describe as like a mermaid tail sweater on right now. It is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I know I was just inspired to put it on this morning. And when I did, I was like, oh, that looks so pretty. <laughs> it's so cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's very, I mean, if you're not seeing this visually, y'all, Ashana is in the foreground of a background of how many? A hundred and... 105 alchemy crystal singing bowls. Yeah, it's quite yeah. spectacular to view. So if you are listening on audio, you might consider going over to YouTube and <laughs> just to get the full <laughs> visual effect. Um, but yeah, you have, you've been pretty busy. You released mm -hmm. a book. Yep. I yeah. Know. And the yeah. book is about just like helping people understand crystals better and play like is it is it geared for people to play it themselves or is it more just about like here's what you get when you experience crystal singing bowls? What do you think? Well, I it, 
let me just start it out like this. So I started writing this book. Uh, I actually didn't start writing a book. I, I had no intention of writing a book. I wanted to just do a little thing that was a little tiny ebook that was maybe about 20, 30 pages long to give people who were just starting out some basics and some tips and create a couple of videos for them and just have it be, you know, here, free. And then I sat down with myself and said, well, I probably should write an outline of what it is I'm going to say. And I realized that I had like, you know, 30 chapters. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I know. And it's because I, I am, I am one of those kinds of, of um, humans that I want to, I want it to be thorough for people. I want to be able uh, I want to be able to give people not just the tools, not just a, like a little smattering of stuff to say, okay, here it is, get you started. But I, I, I wanted to give people a comprehensive background on sound and vibrational healing with crystal singing bowls. And the more I wrote, the more I began writing for crystal bowl players in general, regardless of their level of expertise. And so the book kind of took on a life of its own. And then of course I had to put in stories and experiences and photographs. I mean, one of the, one of the things about this book, I mean, you, you can't see it, but it is so visually gorgeous. I mean, it's just, oh, like, wow, yeah. it's, 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 we went nuts. And, uh, and so what I tell people is, it looks oh, like a beautiful brochure, like quality, you know, like, like so, a playbook when you go to a musical or something, but thicker. Oh, way, way, way yeah. thicker. I mean, cause it's 160 pages, right. but you know, crystal singing bowls are so visually stunning ah, that to, to give people the experience of the bowls, uh, I, I couldn't limit it to just text. And so what's happened with this, which is so beautiful, is that we, we began putting together the book, we started putting all this imagery into it. And, and then of course I said, well, we have to have, you know, videos that go with this. And so we put in probably six different videos that were really spot on to help people in terms of learning how to play and hear certain things that I was talking about. And then I just finished recording the audiobook version of it. And throughout the audiobook oh. version, we have the sounds of the bowls like everywhere. Oh, so wow. it's it's me reading the book and sharing the stories and the instructional guides. But then you have you have this environment of sound. So what what we've essentially done is is create not just a a manual for people. Um, but a full sensory experience about the bowls. So we have in here the history of crystal singing bowls, a brief history of sound and vibrational healing. So people who are playing bowls actually understand that they're part of a lineage of sound healing. Mm -hmm. So many people, it's, it's remarkable, uh, especially people in the West they they tend to think that when they find uh, sound healing, they go, oh, this is brand new. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I, I just discovered this, therefore it must be new. And and instead, and giving bowl players a context where they understand that they're part of thousands of years, that they're like the tiny, tiny, tiny tip of the iceberg at the at the very, very newest place of its formation with a with background of, you know, mantra and drumming and didgeridoos and vocal sounds and tonings and all the other things that you know about so, so well um, and that you and I have been a part of for so many, many, many years. So this was to contextualize that. For people and really help them feel like they're part of something even bigger than they ever imagined. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just a taste of, of what's in here. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know anything about the history of crystal bowls. Do you feel like telling me a little bit? I don't want to like completely, you know, obviously people should go read the book if they're interested, oh. but but like the did crystal bowls exist in this state like we're seeing here with the ones that you have um for like i imagine their shape must have evolved or can you take me kind of yeah into that world i I don't know anything about that yeah i don't know i totally can take you into that world (laughs) it's a it's a it's a really interesting story Uh, yeah you have to go back about uh 60 years okay and uh, think about uh, the national laboratories, okay? Where uh, like um, Los Alamos National Laboratory and other national laboratories like that and uh, crystal singing bowls came as the cast-offs from the semiconductor industry to force grow crystals. And um, this was done, it's still used to this day, these crucibles, crystal crucibles is what they were called. Um, They would put gem silica inside a crystal crucible and then they would put it into a vacuum sealed chamber and then they would apply uh, intense uh, uh, rotations of heat and pressure to mimic the growing of a crystal. And, And out of this, you would get these beautiful, pristinely clear crystals, which were then sliced literally by a laser, laser thin. And these are the materials that you would be putting in your your computer chips, your phones, your Mm. all kinds of things because of the properties of crystal, which we Mm. can go into, but we won't go into right now in this story. So somebody back in the 60s, could have been 70s, you know, just came upon one of these and had the sense to tap the side of it and it made a ding and had the sense to kind of go and went, whoa, this is really cool. It makes a sound. And so what initially began was the people starting to play, find and play and then resell. It was like a perfect recycling tool, Mm -hmm. Uh, recycle cast-offs from this, this industry. And then there were companies that started out at some point in time, I don't know who was the first. Um, and they started out actually manufacturing these crystal crucibles and selling them as sound healing instruments. Yeah. I so, remember you telling me about this, actually. It's like all coming back to me. I'm not sure if it was recorded on the podcast. It might have been at another time. But um, so I'm glad that you said that because people will get to hear it. But yeah. the, the that made me think that 
idea of going around a bowl is kind of like that fun thing we see people do with cups with different water yes. fill it yes do you think that's why well <laughs> you know like look at what i think it was ben franklin you know had the glass harmonica back in the 1700s oh, okay and yeah, there's a glass harmonica and it literally was played by applying water to the rims of glass and it would create these really eerie sounds, kind of like a, what's that instrument called? A thera? A theremin. A theremin. Yeah. Sound like a theremin. And if you go to YouTube, actually, Porter, you can you can um, look up glass harmonica and you can watch people playing outstanding, complex, classical music pieces on these instruments. And they're beautiful. I mean, it sounds beautiful. So whoever figured it out, you know, probably was thinking also of the, the metal bowls, the metal sound bowls, the Tibetan um, oh right mm -hmm. right and those are cousins you know they're they're certainly cousins to the crystal singing bowls but those original instruments were actually very heavy so mm. you asked about the differences now and and then so those they were white they were all white they only had white and they were fairly thick in mm. in their um width of the bowl and when you chime the side of the bowl or tap to the side of the bowl it kind of went clank Mm. Okay, because you just didn't have the resonance uh, the materials weren't thin enough they weren't refined enough that they that they would provide a the kind of resonance that we're used to hearing now and some point in the 90s i think it was in the 90s um a company a company called crystal tones began to uh, create what they call the alchemy bowls and these are these are those um, they're so much more refined, they're lighter, they're um, angelic in their sound. Well, actually, the precursor to the alchemy bowls were the, what do you call them, the ultralight clears and the ultralight frosteds. And they were the clear version of this bowl without any application of, of other elements or stones or metals and the frosted of mm. that. And then based on those bowls, they began using um, precious gemstones, minerals, and metals to infuse the crystal, the gem silica, or to actually apply it on the exterior. And now we have this, and we have beautiful practitioner bowls, which are handheld bowls where you can carry them and direct the sound however you want to do that. And then we have bowls now called super grade bowls, which are incredible. And they are the, you know, the latest generation of crystal singing bowls. They're 100% pure quartz crystal. All bowls up until now wow. are 99.992%. There was a certain amount of impurities that had to be in the gem silica blend. Um, but that uh, the super grades have taken that to a completely new level. And that means that when listening to it, the entire organism entire energy field receives the sound there's nothing holding it back um so that's the that's a basic uh orientation to the history of crystal singing bowls and where we are right now with them wow what has your i imagine it's it's fairly long but 
I, my thought was, what was your learning curve with these with these bowls? Because I would imagine the way that you approached them when you first encountered them is different than you approach them now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I I can I tell you honestly, there were times when I would send people running and screaming from the room when I played. <laughs> I swear, in my early years, I mean, if you could if think of all the mistakes you can make with a crystal sink. <laughs> I made them all, you know. And I tell my students, I made them all so you didn't have so you don't have to <laughs> so um yeah you overplaying um driving the sound not not being in relationship with the bowl um I would have to say I would probably put spiritual arrogance on the top of my list <laughs> or sonic arrogance, you know? Uh, yeah. Oh my God. I did all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's really very, very different. I mean, I've been playing now. It'll be like, I started in 1999 or what do we have? That's like 24 years. Wow. Next year I'll be, have been playing 25 years. Wow. I know. We should have a celebration. You should. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, what is that when you're married and it's 25 years? Is that silver? That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I know they have like different elements. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's silver. Yeah. I, I can't, don't <laughs> quote me on that, but I know that there's like a different metal or stone that's for different landmarks, which might be interesting. Although I don't think you have silver singing bowls. Do you? Yeah, we do. The, yeah? The, when you make plat the platinum bowls, the, the platinum is in, uh, included in the platinum is silver. Ah, okay. So yeah, so there is some of that. Yeah. Yeah, silver bowls, gold bowls, co copper, Tibetan copper, um, titanium. What else have we well, got? So you have all the anniversaries in here. <laughs> <laughs> I even have a palladium anniversary, and I don't think they're one in one of those. <laughs> Like when you've been doing it for a thousand years <laughs> then, then it'll be a miracle <laughs> i'm i'm wondering like what or how you can teach because i would imagine that and i think you've said this to me before actually i don't think i'm coming up with this but that there's like there's a space that you need to be in as a practitioner in order to it sort of amplifies your your being right the the bowl like when you when you play it it's amplifying what you're being absolutely so how do you teach that how do i oh that's actually a really beautiful question well there's so many little qualities that are inherent in coming into a place where you are in relationship with your bowl and and that's a big part of it is is first of all helping people move out of the place where they're objectifying the bowl itself you know it's very easy to look at an instrument you know i, I know you play keyboards and and harmonium and what else do you play porter is it those two that's it. Yeah, I play like four chords on guitar. I would not yeah. add that to my list. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I know that's the way I feel about my guitar playing too. <laughs> uh, so, but it's so easy to to take an an instrument and just use it as a utilitarian thing, 
you know, but then there's this whole other place when you come into relationship with that instrument and you actually allow its soul to emerge. Um, I've had experiences and I talk about this in my book um, where I, I had a very profound experience when I was recording um, the infinite heart and I was, I was staying in a mother-in-law's suite at some friend's house while I was in Los Angeles, while I was in the process of, uh, of recording. And after a long, 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 long day of recording, I was lying in the bathtub, just, you know, brain toast. Cause I'd probably been playing bowls for like hours and then singing for hours. And, um, you know, there wasn't anything I could do except just be cross-eyed and quiet. And I, I moved into a very profound altered state and I wasn't aware of it until I opened my eyes and everything in the room had turned to light hmm. and I could see the bedroom from where I was uh, sitting in the tub and the bed was light and the wall sconces were light, the rug was light, the chair was light bathtub was light the mirror was light and I kind of like blinked my eyes and then I received a clairaudient message that shared with me that everything in the material world exists as light and is in service and when I looked at the bed I nearly wept. Um, I'm, in fact, I probably did because I realized how tenderly the bed was holding my body hmm. and how the walls were there in support and service so that I had shelter and the floor gave me something to walk upon and the rug the same. And it was this knowingness that came on a soul level that this is true for all of creation. It's And if we bring ourselves into the mix and we can actually see ourselves as being in service to all mm. and being in relationship to all things as living consciousness and not assuming that because it is in a different form that may not speak to us the same way as a human consciousness would, mm that does not make it any less than any more important, any more significant. And, and that it was like once the message, I had gotten the message, then the experience receded. And I remembered a story that I read in uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's autobiography of a yogi. I don't know, did you ever read that book? Yeah, that was one of my first books that I read, yeah. Yeah. Like not ever, but spiritual books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd read it many times. And, I, and he has this precious little, tiny little story. It's maybe two lines in the book, but it had always stuck with me. And he talked about the little rug next to his bed. Oh, okay. And how endeared and how grateful he was for the little rug next to his bed. And then he also talked about. It was a story that one of his students was retelling 
at some point where, or, or she was quoted, where he was walking along the hallway in Mount Washington or Encinitas, wherever he was, and he leaned down to pick up a thread that was on the carpet. And he asked his students, you know, please take care of this because he was so attentive to his environment. Mm. And, and it's that kind of, you know, the preciousness of this microphone that I'm speaking in, the beauty of this harp that's next to me, you know, how grateful I am for my water bottle and the straw that serves or the pen I write on, you know, it's like, rug I'm sitting on mm-hmm. and it's actually moving a student out of that consciousness of objectification and and creating relationship with the bulls as living consciousness this is like step one of many many steps that's step one wow <laughs> like this is an one. advanced training it is <laughs> It is. Yeah. It really is. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a training in, in developing um, conscious awareness of when you're playing. And, and, and when my students work with me, you know, we, we move, we shift their playing and shift, help them shift their energy until they're actually sinking way deep inside of themselves. And then they have the experience over and over and over again mm-hmm. of what it feels like when they're playing from from a place of deep connection to uh, basically being in the head. Mm. You know, you can just kind of be up in here or only to hear in your mm. heart and you're not fully embodied. So mm. there's just like multiple steps. And when you do that, the playing shifts dramatically, dramatically. Because all of that energy now, the fullness of one's energy is now getting amplified, you know? And so, and like with anything, you know, when you're learning an instrument or, um, you know, you're, you're shifting the way you, you, you may play an instrument that you've played a long time, you know, when you have another person sitting with you, that's kind of been there, done that and, is way ahead of you or somewhat ahead of you on the journey. And, you know, I can look at somebody like literally, and I'm not trying to exaggerate here, but within five to 10 seconds, know exactly where they are inside their playing mm-hmm. and, and be able to then say, okay, this, 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 let's work on this. And then watch them shift. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. That made me think as you were explaining the objectification of objects or instruments, the way that we treat our voice too. Oh my God. Yes. That there's, there's a way of utilizing the voice that where it feels more like um, a bright and shiny object or like where you're actually using it as just a vehicle of, of expressing that connection or that connectedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, which I hadn't ever thought of in that exact way before. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, but if you put, if you bring yourself fully into your body, your voice is no longer going to be this disembodied thing that you use in order to achieve 
a goal. Yeah. And whether that goal is just communication or singing a song, you know, but you can sing from your head or you can sing from the fullness of who you are. Mm. And, and it's like, how, how do I move into the fullness of who I am? And, and so, you know, so much of that really, when we don't, when we don't do that in our singing or our playing, and I, it doesn't really matter whether you're, whether you're playing piano, whether you're playing bowls, whether you're playing cello, um, when there is unresolved trauma that's held and it's um, sitting energetically in the chakras and it is informing uh, the tensions that we hold, the tension that we hold in our body, uh, it will reflect in our sound. Mm. So I, I was reading an article about um, the Alexander technique, which was something that was used a really long time ago. Yeah. It was super, super popular. Um, but in Alexander technique, there was very, very helpful for classically trained musicians to help them release unconscious layers of tension mm. so that they could um, open up their playing to new levels. And, and, where is that? I think where the Alexander technique stopped is where is the tension actually originating? Hmm. That's underneath that. That's that unresolved trauma. So if hmm. you find yourself, you know, when you're singing, um, if you find yourself like this, or you find yourself holding your voice back, if there's tension in the jaw, or if it's in the shoulders, or if the posture isn't, uh, is, is caved or hmm. contracted in some way it affects the sound that comes out. And then the message is um, perhaps not as free mm. as it could be. Mm. But then, yeah. then the beauty is for the singer, there's a whole process of uncovering that. That's part of the journey of being a singer. And mm. so how beautiful that, we we love singing because singing teaches us about ourselves and mm. singing gives us a, a a pathway a spiritual pathway for self-discovery mm. so you know it's, yeah it's the same thing with the bowls it's beautiful yeah when you are working with people at well not working with people when you are playing for people mm. i how do you feel the, or do you, do you have a sense of the receptivity of the environment? Like I would imagine, cause you can project as much beauty and sound and whatever, but the, the actual reception of that gift can vary. I would imagine from room to room, does that affect you at all? Or is that something that you just sort of go, well, what they get, they get and what they don't receive maybe next time, or, you know, maybe they'll get in some other way. I, I think you have to do that to a certain extent. I mean, you know, as an artist, I mean, you know, you like walk into a room and you're singing and, you know, you're looking at somebody that's looking at their watch. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or I can't tell you how many times I've been in 
you know, a concert situation and, and, um, you know, watch like, you know, a dozen people walk out of the room for whatever reason. And, and I've come to the place of understanding that I'm not responsible for how they receive it. If they receive it, you know, so many times, uh, um, uh, I have done events where people have walked out and while I'm playing and I'm going, Oh my God. And then only to find out later that they had to go to the bathroom. They had to make a phone call because it, mom, you know, there was this illness in the family. There was a child that needed to be picked up, (laughs) you know, and, and having had that happen enough times, I realized that, you know, it's not mine to project on what is going on for other people. My only responsibility is to stay inside of myself and, and maintain my connection with, with source, mm-hmm. with my soul, to the best of my ability in the moment, to stay focused and present. Because I can make up a whole lot of stories about what's going on that have no basis in reality. Mm. And that just becomes a distraction. So so in one sense, um, I'm responsible for for their receptivity in terms of, you know, am I playing well? Am I showing up to the best of my ability? Have I practiced? Do I know what I'm doing? those are those are things that as a professional artist you know we we need to actually be paying very close attention Mm. to all the time Mm. you know and then there's this other place of going i am not responsible for how you receive this i will um, show up for you and hold hold this space as impeccably as i possibly can in this given moment understand with the understanding that i'm absolutely human i will do this from a place of love and support and service and then you know i'm just going to kiss the rest up to god goddess creator all that is divine intelligence however you want to call it and uh, all the souls that are present in the room and the angels to say you handle the rest I did my part. (laughs) I had this, I had this visual that, that made me aware of this dynamic in a new way the other day when someone who was helping me brought up this concept of moving targets. I was like moving targets because there's something, there's something in this. And so I was imagining myself and as like a field and constantly trying to throw arrows at these moving targets. And what I realized was, is like, that this was sort of um, imagery for what we try to do when we try to control how other people like receive us, that it's always moving. And the reason it's moving is because they are in charge of their own field and they have to, they have to, you know, be in their field. And I can't, if I'm focused on that, I can't be in my field. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, it, it's fun. It, it's fun to, to see things in new ways. I think even if you like already, mm-hmm. you know, that's already a concept that, you know, it's not like that was new, but the way that I saw that was new. So I thought that was fun. 
I like that idea. I, I really do. Because if you, if you think of them as moving targets and they are responsible for where they are going, then you can literally just be shooting blanks all the time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> all your energy just going. Yes, the futility <laughs> became very obvious. Like, <laughs> so maybe I'll just stay here. <laughs> That's far more efficient, you know. Yeah. And 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 really musically, in terms of sound healing and music, you know, then when you're in resonance with someone who's doing whatever they're doing or saying whatever they're saying, then you're going to come together. Those moving targets are going to be like, you know, a little bit mm. magnetized mm. to your own resonance. And then when they've received or when they move on to the next thing, you know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a part of the piece too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that idea of build it and they will come sort of, you know, mm -hmm. you, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you're building it I mean, and everybody's building it, whether you're building it unconsciously or unconsciously, you're still right. building it. You're being, you're, you're, you're magnetizing through your energy field, through the, your magnetic field and your energetic field. You're going to bring those vibrational frequencies that are going to be compatible, that are going to enhance or complement your natural resonance. Yeah of your field. And so people are going to come in like you and I are talking today because there's <laughs> natural resonance right here. The people that are listening are going to go, well, let's go, let's go listen to Porter and Ashana. <laughs> and they're going to come in. <laughs> and then when they're done, they're going to go away. <laughs> right. It's like that. That image that you described of seeing everything as light is is such a powerful one to reflect on. I can't say I've ever had anything exactly like that, um, but it's it reminds me of I've gotten really into um, quantum physics, the you know mm -hmm. like the concepts behind quantum physics. And what's so interesting to me is I'm like, why didn't I know about this sooner? Like it's like all the things that we've been talking about in the spiritual you know realm or whatever, how we you know. Um, we impact things with our thoughts and our feelings and how we, you know, we create this image of, of our, of our reality or law of attraction or things like that. Like it's all in the science that yeah, <laughs> no yeah. one is yet. Well, not no one, but like that, that sector of society has not really understood how to embrace. They're like, okay, we know this, but how do we, how, what do we do with it? Like, yeah, you know, it's, and it's a jump. It's a jump because it's, it's, you, you, I think you've got to move out of the conditioned mind, believing that life exists in here or in here. Mm. And, and we create from here and our life uh, literally is, is a reaction and not a creation. Mm. So, okay. so, so there's a paradigm shift that is slowly taking place slowly taking place i surely wish it would be faster <laughs> i'm not in charge <laughs> there'd be so much less creative material i guess if it were taking place faster oh my god, oh my god. like <laughs> do we have to do this again <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i like that that 
our life as a reaction. Yeah. That's sort of, that's that moving target thing. It's like, Oh, I'm wait, wait, who, who am I? Oh, wait, I have to, I have to react to this. I have to react to that. I have to react to this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's become so um, prevalent with the, with the social media. You feel like you have to react to everything or people feel that they have to react to everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. That's like, that is really true. In fact, we even call them that reactions. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I call them that. So yeah. I like this. I don't like that. <laughs> I found myself scrolling the other day and just going, I, I was, I was scrolling on Facebook or something like that or Instagram. And I was, I was watching myself do this and going, my God, billions of people around the planet are like, I like this. I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. And I was like seeing like this massive consciousness focused on their phones going, you know, in seconds, nanoseconds and thinking that this is what it is to be in relationship with something. Mm. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I like this. I don't like that. The funny thing about it is that in social media as in life. So it's, it's sort of, it's sort of crazy to me how like, parallel these realities are but whether you like it or you don't like it it's getting more attention as a result of your reaction yeah you know like like because we think oh i'm gonna dislike this it's gonna go away no (laughs) youtube has now decided that this is a great video to show somebody else because you just react you know you reacted to it or you clicked on it or you you know found that it was worth your attention yeah i didn't even think about that yeah (laughs) there they're, they're calibrating. The algorithms are actually looking at if you like this or if you don't like this, is does this serve somebody else? Yeah. That's really crazy scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's why it's so easy to go negative too, right? Because people love to think that if they if they dislike something enough, it will go away. And that's great for the algorithm because they're like, oh, this is gonna be a really popular video. Everyone wants to hate it, you know? <laughs> or or te- or post or whatever it is. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, we created it, you know, we created this social media or, you know, um, cyberspace that is like a super fast paced representation of our brain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. And amazing because yeah. nobody really understands how it works. I certainly don't. Well, yeah, I mean, just along those lines, I was, uh, somebody was, one of my assistants was helping me and was talking about doing like a little sound healing video. And they, they put, <laughs> I, don't, I, I couldn't believe this. She puts on 17 seconds of a bowl sound. Do you know how long 17 seconds is? It's like not. <laughs> a blink of your eye it's like 17 seconds and when I think of like bowl sounds or healing music it's like I don't think of it in terms of 17 seconds I usually think of it in terms of at least you know 25 45 a minute you know 15 minutes but the this sound it was like here, take a breath and just pause for a moment. <gasps> okay, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. This help, help. Was this supposed to be like a short for something or like a TikTok yeah, video? Or it, was. Okay. it was supposed to be yeah. a short. And I'm like, 
oh my God, where are we? What is going on with us that we can't even take like three minutes, you know, yeah. to just take a breath and and relax the mind and rest. Yeah. You know? Probably not a lot of people though are going to TikTok to relax their mind and rest though. So you probably have to find <laughs> But this wasn't. I, this wasn't TikTok. I I misspoke. It or, was a, or YouTube. No, I'm not sure you said that. I was just assuming. <laughs> well, I could have said. I know we have it on TikTok too. So <laughs> I, I'm like, oh my god, can we at least just make it 59 seconds? <laughs> anyway, but just I, I think this is one of the reasons why um, sound healing is so important now and why it's trending now. I think people's nervous systems are just fried yeah and they're they need stuff that's gonna take them out of that you know what would you call it the metaverse you know we want to take <laughs> them out of there and give them some a place to land that is soft and nourishing mm. you know instead of like constantly in beta mind I just thought of something kind of trippy actually is that when you're in, when you're in that metaverse space, you're, you're like in a, a dream reality and then you come back to this reality, which is also a dream reality, but like with that layer removed and that's, but what you're really trying to get <laughs> to is like a, an underlying reality. So it's almost like we're creating like compounding dreams that make it like, wow. if you were to think of it as a game, right? It would be like, yeah. ooh, that's like level two, you know? <laughs> we're like, like. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But like, then the, how the, do you the, get out of that one? <laughs> you know, use, use the mantra to the key to unlock. <laughs> <laughs> the ball in your treasure chest. Right, you know? right. Like, oh my goodness. Play for at least 17 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have moved up <laughs> you'll have opened the magic gate <laughs> oh my god that's crazy yeah. it sort of makes me wonder what we might come up with next to distract ourselves from <laughs> like base reality <laughs> how hard will we make it yeah well thank god you know we have we have beautiful tools and um, practices that we can use yeah to just put this on pause <laughs> the world on pause yeah it is it it is interesting though as you know you're talking about having to make a 17 second video as mm -hmm. a sound so. healer right <laughs> yeah because it's like you don't live in that space but you're no. gathering from that space so you and not that you have to gather from that space, but you know, if you were to want to gather from that space, I think we're all sort of trying to gather from that space. Like you have to come up with a way that can be a point of connection, mm -hmm. but exactly that's all, right. you know, that's all, that's also going to bring. Yeah. 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 And that's, a, that's what we've been working on is like what the, the, your language is perfect. You know, what's the point of connection? Hmm. people come in and say oh i'll at least you know let me explore this yeah let you know they are really little treasure nuggets 
you know, divine breadcrumbs that are sitting in the in in the TikTok world or wherever it is, you know, follow this. <laughs> <laughs> Click on this. <laughs> you know, open up to your own quiet. <laughs> moment of peace <laughs> what's that it is yeah. it is like a what's that you know it's like it's really hard to explain to someone what they're going to get from what you offer when they've never experienced it before yeah so you have to yeah. give them an experience yeah. and when you know when in social media people have the the attention span of a gnat you know it's it's you've got to like land it in 17 seconds oh it's pretty that sound was nice maybe i'll yeah. go here yeah you know, maybe i'll maybe i'll make that connection so it's just a honestly it's a different world than i grew up in <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm saying my age generationally you know i'm 66 and i'm proud of it you know, lovely I'm, wow that's so. You look amazing. Not Thank you, yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. But testament, testament to the sound healing, right? No, it's a testament <laughs> to a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, it's not just sound healing, but that's part of it. You know, music, <laughs> music, sound, you know, love. Yeah. Shifting, shifting the frequency to be willing to grow and learn. Um, heart space. You know so many things so many many things i would imagine that your outlook on aging is different from a lot of people too though is it yeah like you do know. you do you well yeah no tell me about that well i have read this from uh, a number of people that are in my generation um, who are conscious. Um, I, and I have to use that word carefully because, I mean, we're all conscious, but people who are taking the time to really look deeply inside of themselves, practicing self-inquiry, you know, with some kind of contemplative or meditative or healing practice that they're doing. And we all say the same thing. It's like, yeah, I recognize that the body may be getting older, but I love who I am now. Mm. And, you know, when I reflect back on Ashana in her 20s and Ashana in her 30s, I am so grateful that I am who I am in this moment. Um, do I wish, you know, my body looked like it looked like when I was in my 20s? Hmm. That's a really good question because when I reflect back in my twenty in my late in my early 30s, I was actually anorexic mm. and I was struggling with eating disorder. Mm. And so, you know, do I want that? No, mm. you know. Um, do I feel better in my body now than I did in my 20s? Yeah, way better way more connected, way more in tune, um, more nourished, you know, um, not afraid of food or eating, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that, that was a piece of it. But again, we, we all kind of say the same thing. And that is 
that the person that's living inside uh, is ageless. And so I, I've watched both my parents pass and I've watched them pass with immense struggles with illness. Hmm. And I've, I have, you know, uh, other friends who, who've passed and family members who've passed from dementia or Alzheimer's or, you know, different kinds of, of issues. And there's like a mindset that says, as we grow older, we're going to get really sick and then we're going to die and it's going to be awful. And we also have a, a, a very dear friend of ours and my husband and my, who, who's 95, walks two miles a day, is as clear as a bell, clear as a tack, you know, whatever that expression is. And who is um, consistently um, giving you know, making a difference in, in the world in his own way, hmm. you know? Um, so it's, how do we approach aging? Uh, I do not see myself slowing down anytime soon. Um, I love the fact that I'm more conscious of my body and what I feel my limitations might be in this moment, but I'm also constantly looking to see how I can improve that, how I can take care of myself better. And I, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a naturopathic cardiologist this morning. And he said something really interesting to me. Um, he said, Ashana, we, he said, you are a trailblazer for your generation, whether you're aware of it or not, because we don't know how successful highly successful women when they get to be a certain age are actually going to manage physically mentally emotionally because now he, i'm the generation you are the first generation maybe second generation of of women that are highly educated entrepreneurs musicians that that have you know, whose mothers laid the trail for us to, to say, you know, mm -hmm. I want to be super successful in, in what I do mm -hmm. and, you know, um, let's just see what I can create in the world and, and, and what my life will be like by doing that, you know? So what he was saying, um, this, this doctor was saying to me was, you know, we know what it is for men, but we have no idea. And he was honest. He's, he's a naturopathic physician and uh, and a board certified cardiologist at the same time. There's only like one or two of them in the country like mm. that. And he said, we don't know what women like you are going to do mm. and what's going to happen in their bodies, you know, and how, you know, they can be in a loving relationship and, a successful businesswoman and a successful artist. And it's like, you know, th this is breaking in some ways it's breaking new ground. Mm. So when you ask me, you know, how I look at aging, um, I'm, I guess I'm figuring it out because <laughs> there, you know, there, there are not all that many women that 
I know of uh, a lot of the super successful entrepreneur women that I know, they're all younger than I am, Hmm. right? They're in their fifties that are moving at that level. They're the generations behind, directly behind me. So, you know, and then we have amazing women like Vera Wang and, you know, and all the actresses and the celebrities, but they, you know, they have a different, you know, they have a different support system that helps them to do what they do. So what about the tier that's not the super, super, super celebrity with, you know, you know, how how does that tier um, live, Mm. thrive, you know? So it's a great question. I'm finding out. That's probably not the answer you wanted. <laughs> oh, I mean, there there was no right answer. <laughs> that was a great answer. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, see. that's interesting because I it honestly shocks me sometimes that people feel that they're going to deteriorate. I'm like, oh, wow, people think that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have only experienced better and better and better and better. I mean, I was not healthy in my 20s. I was not a healthy teenager, you know, so... I've just mm-hmm. learned how to take better and better care of myself. It just seems to be, to be getting better, you know, and sure there'll, there will be wrinkles and, you know, like, like other, you know, gray hairs and things like that. But I don't think I, especially the gray hair, I don't think of that as, as a bad thing. I'm like, like, you know, bring it on. I love this. This is like my wisdom showing. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think, I think that, um, yeah, I just, I, I was, I've, I've never asked anybody that question. I was just curious because you brought it up. So, well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because when I turned 65 and in, and in the United States, when you turn 65, you, you go into the Medicare system. Mm. And I, I, this is honest to God, all of a sudden, like literally overnight, I started getting stuff in the mail talking about, um, you know, my cemetery plot. Oh no. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, uh, wow. Your, 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 your illness, your legacy, because you're going to die then. And it was, uh, um, you need this extra insurance to pay for the nursing home and assisted living. I mean, it, it was like, all in the mail it just started getting so they they sell your address to like the funeral homes and that that's that's kind of the idea mortuary right? you know with two people smiling on it get your plot now you know and I'm like, wait, wait a minute <laughs> you're thinking i'm gonna look so good in that plot <laughs> well actually i was thinking i'm getting cremated anyway so why do you, you know <laughs> I know I that's the other ashes thing. into the ocean, you know. Right, so, right. <laughs> but it was it just was mind-boggling to me how the the medical system oh, let's not go there, but you know, the, <laughs> the bureaucracy that runs the country and the consciousness behind the bureaucracy that runs the country, immediately when you reach a certain age, they're preparing you for sickness and death. Yeah. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with preparing anybody of any age for death right because you know we we're all going to you know sign that ticket and you know put it you know give it to the conductor on the train you know we're all going to get there and it is going to happen and and how can we you know, be at peace with that how do we come into relationship with that and there's 
you know, that it happens to five-year-old children. It happens to teenagers. It happens to 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and on ups. It's not something that is age-specific. But mm. this was so like, literally, I mean, <laughs> my birthday hit and the mail started coming. <laughs> it was like, wow. And so, and so then you take the whole consciousness of the collective and and the collective instead of saying my goodness i'm 65 with god willing i've got 20 30 years ahead of me and i can be amazingly productive how can i be more healthy more vibrant so that these years that i'm living are are the best of my life because now i have the wisdom to back up you know um mm -hmm. you know to, to 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 serve to give to nourish to nurture um to share and that's not what you get. You get like, okay, you know, countdown to hospitalization. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Well, that's a peculiar assumption too, that, that we're all going to get, that we're going to die because we get sick. Yeah. And, and the sickness is going to be a long and yeah. for the nursing home and, and, oh, and, oh, and then they always say, here's your prescription cards and here's, right, right. oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah, it's interesting. No, it's really, really interesting. It's you're programmed for it in this. Yeah. You're programmed for it. Well, and if you're and I would imagine if you spent most of your life thinking that you are your body. Yes. You know. There you go. That Whew, then when it starts to deteriorate, shit. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's absolutely smack on, Porter. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, you spent your entire life thinking you are your body. And that's like, just I'll circle back to crystal singing bowls. This is why I love them so much. Because one of the gifts that that you have in, in experiencing sound healing is that it helps you move out of that conditioned mind into a sense of connection of the spaciousness of yourself as a multidimensional being with your connection with your soul becoming tangible becoming a visceral experience you you feel yourself as not the body mm. you feel yourself as infinite space you can feel yourself at times as infinite possibility you feel yourself the quietness of your mind just just becoming very real because all of those thoughts of the conditioned mind begin to slow down. And that, and that starts to happen within minutes of, of listening to the sound. Mm. So important, you know? So yeah. So if you're, if you're so identified with the body, then the practices that can help us disidentify unidentify i don't know what the word unidentify to do that it's all up for grabs i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> those words undo them yeah and then um you know different kinds of mantric practices sound healing practices meditation practices breath work practices um yoga tai chi qigong you know all that can help. oh my gosh this is this is I just had this this thought because the first time that I heard mantra, it was Sonatum in at the Golden Bridge. That was my that was my sense of it was that it was a space. It was a it was that 
house oh. and I wanted to live in that house and how do you know and and um that's so interesting because when you were talking about the crystal ball I was thinking of like the sound of it gives you something to anchor in or mm -hmm. not like you know not like one pointed because you're talking about a whole space but like gives you another body almost to be yes, in right exactly it's an access point it's an access point to other dimensional experiences in, in but in time right so you can call it a portal you can call it an access point what i have to tell you this story this is so fun my husband when when we first met i mean we'd probably known each other for about a month and i i said to him do you want to feel what it's like to play a crystal bowl and or not to play with but do you want to feel what it's like to feel the sound of a crystal bowl and you know kind of like a lamb to the slaughter he just goes oh yeah sure i'll do that right <laughs> and my husband you you have to you, you have to know he's a native hawaiian healer so he's native hawaiian he's very like you know when they when they wrote the word grounded they wrote it for him so in the body solidly in the body anchored on earth i mean he he trained with the maori in new zealand he's like mm -hmm. boom right <laughs> he's little but he's like that so i put this i put this crystal bowl in his hand i said now you just hold it like this hold your hand flat and i put the bowl on top of it and i started to play for him it was a sunstone bowl and I played and I played and I played and I played and I watched him and I watched him and I watched him and he was like going, 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 going. And he goes, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> After we finished, I said, so what was that like? He goes, there was nothing to hold on to. He said, there was absolutely nothing for him to hold on to. And he realized that he had to anchor himself. I think actually what he said was he anchored himself into the sound. Oh. So he didn't feel like he was going off all over the place or he anchored it into his breath, I think. But he had never had that experience before where he was like, <laughs> within like a minute and a half. And he goes, this is where you live? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so perfect. It was so funny. And so he tell, <laughs> he always tells people. He said, uh, he said she's like a balloon. I'm the one who holds the strings. <laughs> but after you know, twelve years together, we've been married twelve years, and and that anchoring, you know, of his his grounding energy has been so good for me. It's been so healthy. Yeah. You know, to now I feel like I have more, um, I have a strengthening in my ability where I can sink that down and really feel into my own body and be into my own body and be in this place. Wow. Oh, great. wow. That's such a great story and a great <laughs> place for us to conclude, perhaps. Ooh, it's oh, it's 108. Oh, How fantastic perfect. is that? Oh, God. Where awesome. I am. Would you like to tell everyone how they can find your book, find your live events, find out more about you? 
Yes. Well, here's the book. Let's just show a nice little beautiful picture of it. Yes. And it's called yeah. Crystal Singing Bowls, The Angelic Sound of Healing, Relaxation, and Spiritual Awakening. Yes. yes. Shauna. So you can find the book on Amazon. Do get the print version. Don't spend money on the Kindle. It never works. So um, the print version is beautiful and you'll be so happy that you did. You can also get a deluxe edition on my website along with all of my music and offerings and lots of information about the crystal singing bowls and my new single that's dropping in about six weeks so yeah a whole brand new album coming out um all of that is at soundofashana.com okay so, and i will link that in the show notes so that people yeah. can easily click on it and you can find me on facebook and instagram spotify amazon music apple music all those cool places lovely thank you so much ashana for coming and sharing your beautiful wisdom and um yeah everyone i'll see you in the next episode bye thanks for tuning into the podcast y'all Please like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever the platform you listen to podcasts on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes. That really helps. Also, there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast in a way that benefits you and us. So please check those out. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.